Welcome to the Catholic Education Foundation's first ever podcast. We're excited to inform our listeners with all kinds of great information pertaining to Catholic schools and the Archdiocese of Louisville. Without time constraints and other distractions, we can dive deep into the amazing Catholic school experience. Today, our guests are Dr. Mary Beth Bowling. Dr. Bowling is, is the superintendent of Archdiocese Schools of Louisville, the fourth largest school system in the state of Kentucky, and Mr. Richard A. Lechleiter, president of the Catholic Education Foundation and former chief financial officer of Kindred Healthcare. Dr. Bowling, we're going to start the conversation with you. You are a product of Archdiocese of Catholic Schools. Can you please tell us about your Catholic school journey first as a student in our local schools? Well, I am a product of Catholic schools here. Uh, St. Martha grade school, um, actually St. Polycarp for a few years uh, prior to going to St. Martha, and then uh, Assumption High School uh, was my high school, and then went on to Bellarmine for a year and moved on to the University of Louisville. So Fantastic. So when you think about your Catholic school experience, is there a particular teacher or maybe an experience that inspired you to want mm-hmm. to be an educator yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, at first... I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but um, moving to U of L, having a couple of conversations, and getting into a class or two, it was like I found my home. I sure. found my passion. Sure. Um, and I had two, uh, a great aunt and an aunt that were actually principals in our archdiocese. So I think they were kind of um, part of that journey and nudging me along without me really even know even knowing it. So yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, so Rich, you're also a product of the Catholic school system. Uh, please tell the listeners about your your Catholic school experience. Yeah, Teague, I'm a Catholic school kid like like Mary Beth. I'm one of nine kids. I'm the fourth. We grew up in uh, St. Stephen Martyr Parish, and all nine of us attended St. Stephen Martyr, uh, which is my mother and dad's home parish forever. And uh, my four brothers and I went on to St. X and graduated in the 1970s, and my four sisters are are Sacred Heart grads. Uh, And we're all blessed to be college graduates and eight out of the nine went to catholic universities as well so we uh we, we we've been best blessed by it all we really have so thinking back on your catholic education was there a teacher or anyone who influenced who you are today yeah i think the teacher the best teachers i had were the ones that taught me how to write well and how to read and how to communicate uh, brother Plast is at saint x is in my freshman year of english literally taught me how to write well. I really didn't know how to do that mm-hmm. until then. Mm-hmm. So that kind of cracked that. Martha Newcomb, who's kind of legendary at St. X, I had her in my senior year for AP English and just just inspired me to, to write well and to communicate well. Because in business, where I kind of pursued my career, the biggest weakness you have in business is people aren't very good at communicating. Sure. So that helped me a bunch. Sure. So, Dr. Bowling, tell us about your professional experiences that have led you to your new position as the superintendent of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where did you start your teaching career? Well, I started at St. Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for eight years, and I was with a wonderful uh, mentor principal. Her name was Sister Jean Madeline. And she's the one that kind of put that bug in my ear to even think about becoming a principal. So, Um, When I was at St. Bartholomew, I taught multiple grade levels because once I figured out that was my pathway, I wanted to make sure that I had experience with all different grade levels. I went to St. James. uh, That was my first principalship for four years. Mm -hmm. And then um, St. Patrick was opening a school, and 
I happened to see that and really was excited about possibly being the first principal there and that is what occurred. So for 12 years I was at St. Patrick and then moved to Sacred Heart Model School for the last nine years uh, of a prince of my principalship and then uh, moved on to Sacred Heart, excuse me, to the Archdiocese of Louisville and have been there. This is the beginning of my eighth year. And so you were the assistant superintendent prior, correct? correct? That is correct. So thinking back on all your different roles yeah. in Catholic education, which one prepared mm-hmm. you the best for this current mm-hmm. role? I would have to say um, the time that I had at St. Patrick because I really had to take something and create it, take a school and create it from scratch and use all different kinds of resources and all different kinds of skills and think about all the different components of what makes an effective school. And I would say that that by far challenged me to really think about education holistically Mm -hmm. And uh, to apply some of those skills and work with wonderful people as well to to see that to fruition. Sure, makes perfect sense. Now, Rich, your path was obviously a little bit different. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your past career and how it led you to your current role of president of the Catholic Education Foundation? Yeah, sure. I I had a role in finance and accounting for 35 years. I started out as a CPA at what is now PwC here in Louisville to kind of get my start. And then I jumped to Humana um, in the early 80s um, and spent 12 years watching that company kind of explode into the insurance business, which is what it is today. That was the starting of it. Um, And really, I learned the valuable lesson I learned at Humana. I learned from David Jones, um, who's the co-founder, and he told me one day early on, he said, you know what? we have built this company around catholic school graduates and i didn't really know what that meant at the time i'm like yeah big deal but as i think about my career and how humanist progressed and all the people that i've known over there that was really a true statement and they really focused on getting really hard-working loyal dedicated folks uh, many of whom came out of our catholic schools here in louisville um to run that company it's pretty it was kind of eye-opening after a while interesting yeah, it was. And and look what it is today. Look sure. what Humana is today. It's a, it's a Fortune 50 company, right? Um, and then I went um, I went with Columbia HCA uh, when Humana spun off its hospital business in the early 90s. And we were going to move to Nashville in about 1994, 95. And we were just starting our family. We had uh, one son, one on the way. And I, it just struck me at that time. I thought, you know what? I want to raise my kids in Louisville, Kentucky. I do. And I want my boys to go to St. X. I want my daughter to go to Sacred Heart. That's, that's the deal. That's sure. what I want. And we talked it through, and we decided we're not going. And we stayed here and kind of took a chance. And um, I ended up with what was then Vencor, which is now Kindred okay, Healthcare yeah. today, and did 12 years as the CFO there, 19 in total. And then in um, about seven years ago, I retired from Kindred. I was in my mid-50s, and I, I, it just kind of came to me that I wanted to do this work at the, at the foundation. And I had been on the board for six years prior to that. I chaired it for two. And it just it struck me that that's the next kind of gig for me okay. as a way to give back to our community. And um, just crossed seven years in April. Thank God. Well, let's talk about the progress you have made at the foundation. It's been remarkable. So for the past seven years, tell me a little bit about the things you've accomplished at the foundation. 
Well, I think the, the most important thing is we created kind of this, what I'll call a new partnership with the Archdiocese of Louisville. We kind of, we were founded 25 years ago and we kind of did our own thing, sort of kind of ran our own shop and raised some money and had some events and helped some people. Um, but in my view, we weren't as kind of interconnected to the schools as we should be. Right. And we weren't as connected to our priests as we should be, mm-hmm. that's just my view. So uh, we started having lots of conversations with Archbishop Brian Reynolds, uh, Lisa Schultz, who at the time was the superintendent of schools, and just said, let's, let's try to do more work together for families. Let's make it more family-based and less school-based, sort of. And we all kind of coalesced around that. Actually, Archbishop is the one that started that. And before you know it, in 2014, uh, shortly after I started, uh, the Archdiocese launched the new Catholic school plan, which essentially uh, all of our parishes across the diocese, like 110 of them, agreed to um, donate 1% of their annual revenues to the mission of the Catholic Education Foundation. That is a big number. That's $1.3 million a year coming into the foundation to, to further the mission around tuition assistance. That, at the time, doubled our revenue. Because we were raising about a million three, million four a year, all of a sudden here comes this additional resource. Yeah, it changed and we, everything. Yeah, we went from in one year we went from um, I think fourteen hundred and eighty kids to twenty four hundred. Wow! In a year, and that really that event uh, that Arch Archbishop pulled off and originated that's what changed the changed the trajectory of the foundation, changed it a big way. So what are the short-term and long-term, long-term goals of the foundation? Well, our short-term goal has always been our little slogan, the answer is yes. So every day when the phone rings and somebody says, hey, I lost my job, I got divorced, um, all kinds of circumstances and things that happen in life where you can't keep your child in a Catholic school, we have to be able to say to that mom or dad, you know what, we got you, we got you mm-hmm. back. And the answer is yes, and mm-hmm. we're going to help you with that. So by the grace of God, over the last seven years, every single student that came to the foundation and had a demonstrated need, in fact, earned an award, every single one. That's been, that's been like our momentum. That's, we have to do that. If we, can, if we don't do that, we kind of go backwards, right? Sure. So short term, we have to raise enough money each year to be able to say that right. to families. Now, right. in COVID... That was really a supreme challenge. But I would tell you, Tig, that during COVID, we had the two best fundraising years we've ever had in our history. Which is unbelievable. It was was a miracle. And um, now long term, um, what I just described to you is not sustainable forever, right? Right. Because that's too much people dependent on, on, on a certain group of people. So what we're trying to do now is really grow our endowment, Mm -hmm. which numbers... $31 $31 million today, um, and we're building on that. Our goal, ultimately, is to grow the endowment to $100 million or more, because in that way, we can really sustain this mission in a very serious and, and permanent kind of way, and it's less dependent on our ability to raise funds annually. And that, that, really, that really sustains the mission forever. So you mentioned Humana built their company... Uh, by using Catholic school products, that has been your message to a lot of the local companies around here that seem to have bought into that. 
So what is it that, that makes that so important? Yeah, we part of our fundraising activities not, are not only just individual families, but to your point, businesses here sure. in our community. And what we, it, it's pretty simple. We'll try to meet with the CEO, the owner, and say, look, um, everybody seems to kind of understand the power of this, of this experience in terms of its impact on people. But my message is even more simple to them. I said, look, think about a 12-year-old kid today who's in the sixth grade at St. Edward's School right down the road here in Jayton. Mm-hmm, right. Okay? In 10 years, in a short 10-year period, that's your new hire. That's who you're interviewing in 10 years. Yeah. How can we invest in more of those kids that may not have the opportunity that they should have today but want through the Catholic Education Foundation? And it's that's really resonated pretty well with business owners. They kind of get it. It's a that, great point. Yeah, it's kind of our it's our gosh, it's kind of our workforce development strategy. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So Dr. Bowling, kind of the same question. So so what are your short-term goals and long-term goals in your new position? Well, I think I'd like to just build upon what Rich just said mm-hmm. about working with the student that walks in the door informing them not only in in their academic uh, excellence but also creating that whole well-rounded person that can contribute to the greater good and I think one of the things that I've always been passionate about is working with students who may struggle who may come from different uh, backgrounds may come uh, with some deficits so to speak and Uh, As I've grown through my career, one of the things that I've been committed to, even as assistant superintendent, working with those that serve our students who learn differently, um, our students who need different supports in place. So as Rich is doing the gathering of the dollars to support those families, I'm thinking about what can we do, what resources do we have that can support that student once they're with us and in our, our, um, you know, in our schools. So. Uh, one of the things that I've done, the large, I would say the past 15 years, is really work with that process in whatever role that, okay. that I'm in. For me now as superintendent, I have a new school team. Um, I have only one remaining school team member mm-hmm. from the past um, seven years, so I've got a brand new team, and I'm excited. They are have a lot of gifts, and so we're hitting the ground running and, and setting some goals and looking forward to what we can do to be impactful for our schools. Um, The other thing is that we are going through accreditation here in the next few weeks, actually. We do that every five years. So we're going to have a group of educators from around the country, superintendents from around the country that are going to come in, they're going to look at our work, and they're going to give us great feedback on which we can build our plans and and our next steps Mm -hmm. in terms of serving our schools. So those two things are um, obviously very front and center. And of course, uh, as we reenter the 21-22 school year, we're faced with additional COVID protocols that we are implementing in our schools so that we can continue to have in-person learning. Sure. Uh, so that is something that is getting um, a lot of support and effort um, from our office and, and helping our principals craft their plans as we re-enter here in the next few days. So obviously there's a passionate debate on both sides of that aisle, whether kids should be wearing masks, Correct. whether they should, should not, and I'm sure yeah. you've heard both of them. Yes. And it's funny because it's hard to, 
you don't really know which angle to take when you're yeah. in a position of leadership. So yeah. what what guidelines are you following? Mm. What, what information are you guys sure. following with our chassis? Well, in March of 20, we entered into a partnership with Louisville Metro Health yep. and have been meeting with them weekly. So they helped uh, support our desire to stay in person from um, really early last fall through throughout the whole school year. So part of our um, dedication and our partnership is really making sure that we're following and doing what's best for our kids and what's going to keep our kids healthy and safe in our buildings. And so they've not, for the last 18 months, it's um, been very effective. They've given us the information that we've needed, and we're going to continue to partner with them and follow the guidelines that they think are best, not knowing truly what lies ahead in terms of uh, this variant or the variants to come. Sure. So the way that our strategies is set up, it's more of a system of schools than a school system in a Correct. lot of ways. Correct. How do you see the archdiocese in a in a role that really helps these schools? What what is the best thing the archdiocese can do? Well, I think by and large our role is to serve our schools and to serve our school leaders, pastors and principals and to support the professional growth of our teachers. And so I think we need to be out in front of all of the latest and greatest the research what is impactful in terms of instruction and help our leaders, our teachers have that experience and understand what might, um, again, be impactful in the classroom. That's awesome. Great answer. So Rich, in your mind, what opportunities do you see that the foundation can have to collaborate with Dr. Bowling and the Archdiocese? Well, first of all, Teague, hats off to you, Mary Beth, and, and to your team for the work that's been done the last 18 months. We're we're sort of close to it and sort of not at the foundation, but we saw enough to know how impactful their work was during this entire um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting, I think, is is in kind of the aftermath of last school year, I had so many people, as I'm sure you did, kind of come up to you and say, gosh, the Catholic schools really showed themselves well here. I mean, we knew Catholic schools were great. That right. wasn't really a mystery. But the way in which Mary Beth and her team, our school leaders, our faculty, our parents, counselors, coaches, you name it, the way in which that was executed so so incredibly well for the benefit of all of our kids so they could learn more in person than not, I just think that's an incredible service to this community that, that deserves all kinds of applause. And I do think that didn't happen by itself. And I think that was what leadership was all about during that crisis in Catholic schools. No doubt. I think we elevated our brand to another level, Mm -hmm. and I'm proud of it, and thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, look, we want to be much more collaborative with our schools. We've, over the last seven years, we've made our presence inside the schools kind of more known, doing school visits meeting with, to Mary Beth's point, meeting with pastors and principals and assistant principals and sitting down and saying, well, what, what can the foundation do for you guys? Okay, what do you need? I right. mean, what, what, what could be helpful to you? And every school, to Mary Beth's point, every school is different. They oh, yeah. are, none of them are the same. Okay, mm-hmm. they're all very, those are like my kids. Okay, mm-hmm. They're all very different. And it's important to listen to them and, and, and what they really need, whether that's resources whether it's capital, whether it's higher enrollments, 
whether it's a stronger pre-K program, and there's all kind of, it runs the gambit. But I just think it's important for us to listen to what they want and try to figure out, along with Mary Beth and the parish and, and, and the archdiocese, how can we make this school a better place to be for our kids? That's why we're here. So let's end with a question for both of you guys. Um, what is it that you like best about Catholic education? Dr. Bowen, let's start with you. I would have to say the community and the engagement of the whole person in the life of the parish and school. It is a family. It is a system of support that I don't think you can replicate anyplace else. And I've lived that not only as a student, but as um, someone that has invested, you know, her life in education. So uh, those would be the two things that I think uh, family-oriented, mm-hmm. committed to the whole child, mm-hmm. and um, that support that you get. Rich? Oh, I think the word that always comes to mind for Catholic schools is the word love. I mean, it's the first word that comes to mind for me. It's, it's love of self it's love of others, and more importantly, it's love of God. I really believe that. I've seen that in my life. I've seen it in my four children's lives. Um, and that that realization, that experience, that understanding, it elevates people to a whole different level in their lives. And it makes, quite honestly, whether you come from a wealthy background or not, if you all coalesce and embrace that word and mm-hmm. that mission and that gospel message— Everybody gets better. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets great in life. And I really think, again, you've seen it all your career. I've seen it through my own family and through so many others. How we provide that experience to more people, I think, I think changes this whole community. I really do. Rising costs is a concern, but the, that's the reason the foundation is there to help people who are concerned about that cost. Rich, what would you say to someone who just says, I, I, I'm not even going to look at it because I can't afford it? You know, our, our answer is pretty simple to that. Um, and what we say is don't go, go find a school. Go meet with a principal one-on-one. Go, go figure out whether it kind of feels right or not. Forget the money thing for a minute. Right. Forget that. I mean, it's important, obviously, but try to, try to understand where, where your kid would fit best, mm-hmm. if you will, at an early age. And typically, parents can find that pretty quick. It's not that hard to find. Okay, whether well, that's St. Edward or St. Michael or St. Patrick or St. Stephen, you can find it. There's, there's 39 flavors, okay? There's 28 flavors right here in Jefferson County, so you can find it. And then what we say to them is, look, if you find that place where you feel a sense of community, sure. to Mary Beth's point, reach out to us. Reach out to us, and we tell them the answer is yes. And again, that's why that, mo- that slogan is so important. It is. Is to tell that next family, you can go to St. Edward. You can go to St. Michael if that's where you want to be. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's important. Fantastic. Well, we hope you found this podcast to be informative. We hope you found it to be useful. On behalf of the Catholic Education Foundation, who is dedicated to the growth and vitality of Catholic education in the Archdiocese of Louisville, the answer is is yes. yes. May God bless you all, and thank you very, very much. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Tim.